Hey, beautiful humans. It's time to stop sacrificing for everyone else and put you first. Are you feeling tired, stuck, or disconnected? Or maybe you're just looking to be the best version of you. I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild, and this is Embrace Embrace You First, First, a podcast to help you thrive and not just survive. We are busy moms, successful entrepreneurs, and doctors in the field of natural medicine with over 40 years combined clinical experience. You're going to learn from our professional expertise and our juicy secrets that have helped thousands of men and women just like you. We are going to teach you practical and doable strategies on health, relationships, and career. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace you right now. times have you gone to the doctors and come out with a clean bill of health, blood work looks healthy, you've had a physical exam, everything checks out, but you just don't feel right. Your energy's not optimal, perhaps you're not sleeping well, and you need more. You want more information. And your family physician, nothing against them, didn't learn in medical school the impact of nutrition and how it affects our health. It can act as our medicine or it can act as our poison. So what we're about to teach you today is going to change your life. Knowing what to eat shouldn't be that complicated, but it seems to be for most of my patients who come to see me. Do you not find that? Totally. They're always asking, what should I eat? Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Right. And we are often driven to make decisions that aren't healthy based on social pressures, based on marketing, very successful marketing campaigns, even to the point where back when the Harvard study was done that showed that sugar and is not healthy and is the cause of type two diabetes and that low fat is the way to go. The world went low fat, but was that a healthy shift? No, they blamed, right? They blamed (laughs) sugar, I mean, sorry, they didn't blame sugar. They found that sugar was unhealthy and can cause type 2 diabetes, and one in three Canadians have prediabetes. They said it had nothing to do with sugar but and everything to do with fat. So we all went low fat, and for example, something as simple as, you know, low fat, uh, low fat everything, so even low fat orange juice, which doesn't actually even make sense. Like, they would put labels of low fat everywhere yes, yes, as a right. marketing ploy. Yes, of so course. again, where our decisions are based on our uh, marketing, we need to make conscious decisions on what to eat. Yes, and be educated about it for real and not just through marketing ploys. Right, exactly. So what to eat doesn't need to be that complicated. And is it as simple, do you think, as just eating from home versus going to the restaurant and Well, I mean, I don't think it's realistic to believe that you can eat at home for the rest of your life right now. I mean, yes, we have a pandemic going on, so a lot of people are definitely eating more at home, but it's it's not going to be forever. And also, it you know what happens at gatherings? A lot of people will say, "Hey, let's go to a restaurant." Right. Right. So then, what do you do? Yes, you make conscious, healthy choices. Yeah. Right. So we'll talk about what to how to shop, but also when you're at a restaurant it's really important to understand what to choose. So you could start out with an appetizer and an alcoholic beverage, and then that appetizer perhaps is very dense and sugary or floury, and then move on to the main meal, which is a big bowl of pasta, 
maybe a little bit of protein, but not very well balanced. And then when you're finished that, you're having a nice, delicious dessert. And then your don't forget the, in addition to the appetizer, they often come out with the bread and the olive oil, which is delicious, right? Okay. So your, your eyes are bigger than your stomach often. And then by the end of all of this, you feel oh, heavy and, you know, I can't believe that you just ate all of that. So what would be a healthier way of having flexibility, but still being reasonable would be maybe choosing one flexible food, one something that's not as healthy. So you choose the appetizer or you have the alcoholic beverage or the dessert. Right. And then you're, you know, and then, or the main meal is the pasta. But what you want to do is make sure the rest is healthy. So right. perhaps you're having healthy dark green vegetables. So rapini with chicken and potato, right? And then your, your appetizer, you skip. You're having water to drink, but maybe you're having half a dessert. Right. right, so that's your that's your choice, right? So your choice to eat a little unhealthy is the one thing rather than everything. And maybe you have a little piece of the bread with the olive oil. So and, Yeah, and then doing that without the guilt or shame and knowing that you don't have to be perfect in your dietary um, intake, choices. right? And yeah. Choices. Mm -hmm. And I love how Jill Blakeway says 80% uh, is perfect. Or right. perfection. Perfection, right? yes. Which is, is, which is so true because otherwise you're trying to uphold to this perfection which doesn't exist and then all you do is make yourself miserable because it's like, oh, now I'm not picking the right thing. Like you're trying, you, so you choose the pasta but then you're sitting in the restaurant in the back of your mind feeling guilty. Right. Like how helpful is that? Right. And you want to isolate yourself by not choosing not to go because you're worried about what to choose. So you know what to choose. You know what is healthy. And we're going to educate you more on what kind of healthy carbohydrates, for example, which can be very impactful uh, to choose when you're at the restaurant. We're going to jump into that and explain what glycemic index is so that it can help you choose, make the healthy choice with your mm -hmm. carbohydrates, which is right. one of the macronutrients. We've got fats, carbohydrates, and we've got protein. So we want a balance of all of those when we have meals so that we feel full, content, and we're you know feeding our body with good nutrition. Well, you know what? And I just want to add to this because when we go to restaurants now, you have the ability. If you, let's say you're going to meet a whole bunch of people, maybe you're the person that can pick the restaurant and you can go through the menus and you know check out if the restaurant has like the better choices right. for you right yes that, that is an option and that's actually a very wise point because it doesn't matter what the restaurant is there's always something healthy on the menu I agree so you can actually just look on the internet ahead of time so that you're not feeling pressured in the moment and select your healthy meal and you decide ahead of time what you're gonna eat yes I, I, it's, yes it's such a good tool Yes. Okay, so let's so, go. There's a lot of things in mm -hmm. front, so I want you to go through this with us. So when you're cooking at home, there are benefits in that, for example, there's less sugar. You get to choose what carbohydrates you're cooking. There may be less fat. There may be just the smaller portion sizes. But just understanding even to what to buy when you go to the grocery store is really important because in the grocery store, you can just be just as lost, right, as to what totally. to choose when you're, you're at home. I think the most important message, and you hear it a lot, is shop on the perimeter. Because when you're walking on the outside of the grocery store, like within, within, but the outside, the perimeter, you are choosing healthy, you know, proteins that are fresh. So, you know, if, you, if you're a meat eater, fish, you know, consumer, so you've got your fish and your chicken, you've got your eggs, you've got your dairy, and then you've also, so for proteins, and then you've mm -hmm. got your fresh vegetables and fruits, and then you're walking around and you've got your 
healthy carbohydrates, if you go into the middle aisles, it's often boxed cereals and packaged foods, which we have packaged foods here, but I'm just gonna, we just really wanna educate you on how to make a conscious choice and healthy choice when it comes to what type of carbohydrate, because I feel like that's the most confusing message, because there's a big movement of going like gluten-free, for example. So yes. If you go gluten-free, you're healthier, but it doesn't always work. So for example, instead of choosing brown rice, you might go for gluten-free rice pasta, thinking that that's a healthy choice. But the difference between these two is that this has a high glycemic index compared to this. So now what is glycemic index? So, and I should say compared to this, so for the people listening, rice pasta has a higher glycemic index than eating brown rice. Brown rice actually has a higher glycemic index in general compared to some of the grains as well but it's a healthy, nutritious, whole grain that if, in, when compared to say white rice, it dissolves or breaks down in your body nice and slowly and it has the minerals and the, and the germ and the fat compared to if you take off that cusp, that, that right. germ, so it's and then it becomes white. Exactly, it's so it's got a nicer, like a better fiber content which feeds your good bacteria and it slowly breaks down rather than just having the, um, the grain that has been uh, modified. Right, so then what you're saying is then, the whole grain, when you take it in, you probably could eat less of it compared to like the white rice, which is polished and like so easily digestible, right. that um, you're gonna say, I'm gonna have two bowls of white rice versus the one bowl of brown rice. Yes, so you're more full when you eat the brown rice. You're feeding your microbiomes, your good bacteria, because it acts as a prebiotic. You've got vitamins and minerals, whereas the white rice has a high glycemic index. So glycemic index itself is basically a number that's assigned to a food from 0 to 100, where glucose, just like pure glucose, is given the rating, like an arbitrary rating of 100. So, and it represents how quick your, or, or how much glucose is in your bloodstream at the end of two hours after eating that particular food. Right. So a high food with a high glycemic index is going to show a high glucose at yes. the end of those two hours versus a food with a low glycemic index. So white rice would show quite a high glucose yes. level, right? So, and then let's actually do some quizzing just to kind of help educate a little bit. So what about, let's just go through this. So which one would be healthier and have a lower glycemic index? So potatoes or potato chips? Higher glycemic index? So which okay, one would be so healthier the, and have well, a, the, right. a lower glycemic index? So well, then the healthier would be the potato, even though yes. it has a high glycemic index. Tur correct. So potatoes actually do have a high glycemic index. <laughs> so now we're really throwing you for a loop <laughs> understanding this. We thought we would jump right into the most complicated. So potatoes do have a high glycemic index, but they also have a high satiety index. And so what, what that, that mean? means yes. is that you feel full fast. So you can only eat, kind of like you were saying with the brown rice, you feel full. Mm -hmm. So you can feel full faster. Um, and whereas with chips, those also, potato chips, have a high glycemic index, higher than potatoes. But they actually, you can just, my mom used to say moreish. <laughs> you just like, you just can eat more and more and right. more. Yeah. And eat a they're whole bag. They're addictive, there's yes. lots of salt, mm -hmm. and then the oils. Yeah, of course. And actually, a lot of potato chips, they even add sugar, right? Yes. So, so it doesn't end at the potato itself being refined and changed and like fat. And even if you, if you, um, you know, not that. Uh, 
bats are bad, but if you were to like light a chip on fire, you would see all the oil draining out. Have you done that? Oh, I have. Oh my gosh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> I'm gonna so, have to do that. When right? are we gonna do it today? No, not today. Okay. And then now potatoes versus sweet potatoes. People often get confused because they, they hear the word sweet potatoes and they think, oh, higher glycemic index are not as healthy. But interesting enough, sweet potatoes have a lower glycemic Yeah, which is so cool. Right? Like you would, you don't think that it would be. Compared to potatoes. Yeah. Yes. So both healthy and they're, they're root vegetables. So not modified from the ground. Mm -hmm. So anything, like a general rule for you when you're going to the grocery store is ask yourself, did this come from the ground? If it did, it, or, or from the earth or from a tree, it's a good thing. If it was modified, then it is probably less healthy or it, right so right. for example let's go with you know bread so bread whole grain versus white is going to be healthier right so whole grain bread that hasn't been modified and actually if you go back historically white bread um, came about because it had a longer shelf life it didn't mold as quickly well, because it's so because, enriched and uh, modified well, and chemically laden. Well, they then discovered that it wasn't enriched and that people were getting um, nutrient deficiencies. Oh, okay, okay. So then they added. Yeah, vitamin yes. B. So then they, so then within the, so you take the grain farrow and you break it down and then it turns into, well, actually you take away the germ and the cusp and then it turns into like a white flour. Right. That white flour then gets mixed in to make the bread, and then they realize that these long, like these breads that were having a long shelf life, were creating B vitamin deficiency. So then they enriched it. So I, I'm I'm going to use the brand. So Wonder Bread then became enriched Wonder Bread. Right. And then they thought, oh well, now whole grain is important. So let's make it look healthy and add some molasses in to make it look like brown bread. So then it was like a brown enriched right. bread instead of just saying, hmm, maybe we shouldn't refine it and just go with the whole grain. So then uh, evolution happened and we realized that whole grains are better, but then bread itself is still refined, even if it's whole grain. It still has a high glycemic index compared to, let's say for example, eating brown rice in its whole form, right? Rather than brown rice bread, eat brown rice. Okay, or, so then let me ask you this. Yeah. Then should someone just say, oh, let's forego on bread altogether? If that is something you have in your diet a lot, for example, you're having a sandwich for lunch and toasts for breakfast, you can scale back significantly because yes, it's refined and yeah. why not replace, for example, breakfast with oats, right? So steel cut oats and then lunch, you're having a nutritious balance of, we can go through like how much in a second, but yes. of, you know, vegetables and a healthy protein and then a healthy carbohydrate that it's really important to prep because it does take a long, um, not a long time, but it does take some forethought in terms of carbohydrates because you can't just go to the fridge and grab a slice of bread. So you prep your brown rice, or if you don't have time, you could have chickpeas from a can, nice. right? So a whole, uh, like a legume. So it's still in its whole form. Well, you or know, you the can... truth is we can criticize anything, mm -hmm. right? I yes. mean, because then you can say, oh, gee, the can is not BPA, so good. BPA, yes. right? So there's right? Eden's organic, canned yeah. beans, which BPA-free lining. But yes, you're right. So, Or you can cook from scratch to yes. have your legumes. But yeah. the, the glycemic index is low because it's high in fiber and high yes. in protein. So the point of all this that mm -hmm. I'm referring to is that, yeah. you know, depending on what you're doing in your life and how busy you are, you got to do what works with you mm -hmm. and 
be as healthy as you can be in the limitations that you may have. Right. Right. Yeah. So, for example, if you don't have the time, per se, to eat legumes, um, you know, from scratch or prepare them from scratch, you can use the can. That would be better. Canned beans better Versus. than, for example, bean pasta. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the the you know, and people will think often, oh, I'll just have chickpea pasta, but that's again refined. So rather than that, eat chickpeas in their whole form. And then going back to the bread business, I loved how you said, you know, maybe we can forego on the breakfast and the lunch, and then maybe we'll save that piece of bread at dinner. So yes. it's not like not having it at all. Depends on your condition. And it depends, yes. It depends absolutely. on your health condition and what your goals are. Um, but really scaling back on flour in general will yeah. have significant impact in your life and, and your health. But, you, but the bottom line is you don't just take carbohydrates out because exactly. that's not healthy either. In yeah. fact, research shows that if you go no carb or super low carb long term, it increases your mortality, which was kind of shocking. And this was based on reviews of reviews. And I thought, you know, wow, because we're there's such a big push now because we went from low oh, fat to low carb. Yeah. Right. So the keto diet, and although that, you know, we also get confused about not just what to eat, but let's say we're trying to lose weight, like what diet to follow. We want to really encourage you to follow a lifestyle change rather than thinking, I'm going to do this diet and then fall off when you get a stressor in your life and then you, and not there's no maintenance. So although the keto diet can be extremely helpful for rapid weight loss if you have a health condition like type 2 diabetes with sugars out of control or you just had a, a heart attack and you really need to reform and drop weights, it's very helpful. But if but you that's do for it the short term, right, though, right? For the short yes. term, yes, because you know, if it's, I think, the, and based on the literature, if you looked at the very low carbohydrate diet that did increase risk for mortalities, because you're lacking in like the moment they swapped out some of the meats for plant based proteins, that risk dropped. Right. It's got to be that factor, and then also the factor of fiber. So if you drop your carbohydrates so low, you don't have enough good, healthy fiber to feed your colon and to your, your microbiome, your good bacteria and your gut. Yeah, so I mean really basically what you're saying is that all of this also requires balance and perhaps instead of just doing it all on your own, you might actually want to consult a health professional that is basically this is part of their regimen like a naturopathic doctor or, or a nutritionist a, or a registered dietitian who specializes yes. in holistic yeah. medicine or holistic nutrition. That's right. Right, so it's understanding what kind of carbohydrates it's super key um, some nice uh, little tips too is that it's you know you know I say less flour or no flour when people are making the transition just to kind of push them to the point of understanding and discovering other types of carbohydrates but I do like almond flour and coconut flour because they do have a lower glycemic index compared to the other flowers, the grain flowers, right. and so they are part of the paleo diet, which is a little different from the keto diet. But again, I'm not encouraging any kind of diet. It's just that there are some foods that are uh, and recipes on the keto diet and paleo diet that definitely make sense using almonds and coconut flour. So pancakes, for example, using eggs and they're very protein rich, and then almond and coconut flour. You know, so what? that you don't have to let go of pancakes. No, you don't. But we had a pancake that actually had zero of any kind of flour. Oh, okay. Just using egg. Uh, oh, right, oh, whoops. yeah. okay, interesting. I, and so we'll have to post that one up. Right, but, for sure. Because uh, I didn't make it, my husband made it. And I right. was so impressed, I'm like, whoa! Because yes. he loves bread, by the way, and he right. made it, so oh, I was impressed. Yeah. And yeah, so. And then other types of carbohydrates that are 
really helpful beyond your root vegetables and the whole grains in their whole grain form, so brown rice and quinoa and millet, um, would be nuts and seeds. So nuts and seeds are so rich in the omegas, so omega-3, and for walnuts and omega-6, the healthy types of omega-6s, because we tend to be more omega-6 dominant in our, our diets, coming from saturated fat from meats and, and dairy products. but. Nuts and seeds also have a healthy form of omega-6. And then there are seeds like ground flax seeds and or just seeds, flax seeds and chia seeds that have a high omega-3 um, content. And so then wait, wait, wait. So mm-hmm. here's a, a conundrum, not a real conundrum, but people mm-hmm. often ask as well. Yes. It's like, well, you know, so if I'm going to eat really well, yes, but wouldn't that be enough? And perhaps I don't need to take extra fish oil or, you know, other kinds of supplements. Yeah. How do you address that? So that is a very good question, and I will often not recommend a multivitamin mineral to people as an example because they're, if they're eating super clean, and actually interesting, uh, interestingly enough, you know when you're going through fertility as an example, a journey, and you are eating really clean, it's sometimes just balancing out the diet, finding out where the nutrient deficiency might lie. Perhaps you're eating really healthy, but you're missing some omegas and so then we up it in our diet or the days you're not having fish because you don't want to over consume fish for example that's right the recommendation is three times per week but those other days if you're eating fish you could overdose on iodine from there and you might have too much heavy metals because mm-hmm. of the oceans <laughs> yeah I, right? had a, I had a patient and her heavy metal was through the roof we didn't expect that but then when i in, asked and inquired she's like well you know i thought fish was really healthy so basically she was eating sushi almost every single day right and it's like sushi is awesome and yet you know anything too much of a good thing right is not necessarily a good thing right yeah when i was going through my fertility journey i tested my mercury levels and my blood mercury was off the charts because i was over consuming tuna it's a big fish and there's different types of tuna right so albacore and light uh, chunk and so it's trying to Make sure, and I, I change, I, I cut back on how much, but if you have a can of tuna, for example, that's your fish consumption for the week in terms of keeping your heavy metal low. Mm-hmm. Metal, oh, metal low. You don't want to also, on top of that, have salmon, for right, example. Right, right. So an EWG, so Environmental Working Group, has a nice, um, and Seafood Watch has a nice uh, spot for you to go to to find which foods you want to make sure are organic, which foods you could purchase that are low in pesticides without having to go organic, and then which yes. uh, which uh, seafood you can purchase that are highest in omega threes, lowest in heavy metals, and the uh, based on your weight and your gender and cycle of life, how much you can consume of fish and seafood to make so, sure you're staying healthiest. I love that, and you know I think the other thing to address is uh, people get confused in terms of. You know, should I go local, not organic, versus organic and it's flown in from Chile? Right. So <laughs> that is a very right? good question that I even I debate with myself. You know, I, I do I too. get a little confused. So if it's a fish, for example, and there's no availability, but we've decided we're going to have our continue our you know fish three times per week. There's no availability of a Pacific or an Alaskan fish, and there's just Atlantic, and it's organic. I'll go for that. So I will choose the organic Atlantic, which isn't considered as healthy as, let's say, an Alaskan organic or, or just an Alaska, Alaskan fish. So the, yeah, so, so availability. Really dep- availability is key. But then um, if there's the best option for a fruit or vegetable that's high in pesticides would clearly be local and organic. But if there's a choice between local and uh, farm, 
for example, produced or, or raised, you would go for that, in the my opinion. Farm. The farm, the local farm, over something that's thrown in from Chile that's organic because you're getting a higher nutrient exactly. value because it's been, you know, it's not just sitting there ripening off the tree. You're getting high nutrients. So it depends on the fruit or vegetable too. So if it's got a really high pesticide load, then maybe I just won't purchase that fruit or vegetable and go for right. something that is organic and available and, and local. So for example, if you have like fresh strawberries on strawberry season, but yet you know that they'll spray it a lot, are you gonna have that? No. Locally? No. Right. You'll no. still do the organic, right? Yes. Yeah. Frozen, so, I'll just buy the frozen, yes. President's Choice as an example, organic yeah. strawberries, yeah. Because the freezing process does not affect the nutrient value of your fruits and vegetables. Great point, and then yes. so this is where you go to the Clean 15, and dirty dozen as references for yes. now what you can yes. look at for organic exactly like what should really be organic when you buy on the it, environmental right? working group website yes. yes yes and we will post that for sure for sure so understanding your starches and again it's a very confusing um, there's a very confusing message out there that gluten free is the way to go but if you're gonna have some pasta go for whole like go for the real stuff go for like a whole grain spelt pasta rather than a refined rice, rice yes. pasta unless you have celiac disease or a noticeable obvious gluten sensitivity right which means then you would go for the rice pasta but out of these two the rice pasta and the whole grain there's more protein in right. the whole grain pasta than there is in the rice pasta and there's a lower glycemic index in the whole grain pasta because that protein and fiber compared to like a white rice pasta, as exactly. an example. Yeah, that's so, a great clarification. Love that. Thank you. Right. So, and we went through nuts and seeds and whole grains and legumes and root vegetables. And so and you're looking at now these nuts here. What are we doing? So we, so nuts and seeds make excellent salad toppings. They make great um, dressings. So if you, so that is one, they are modified. If you're using a blender and you're turning it into a cashew dressing, or perhaps you're using peanut butter almonds to make a dip for your salad wrapped or cabbage wrapped stir fries and you know cabbage rolls mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just an, like nuts and seeds are a healthy carbohydrate in addition to your food and also make food taste delicious. I, I, I mean, I love nuts and seeds, so mm -hmm. I can't go wrong there. Some right. people are allergic. I get it. Yes, yeah. I understand this. So I um, want to ask another thing or, mm -hmm. you know, what is better? raw versus like toasted toasted tastes a lot better right so i actually just i say both have a variety have a variety of nuts and seeds in your fridge so to keep them from going rancid keep them refrigerated or frozen and um have a variety but when you're buying nut butters make sure they're not adding extra sugar so if you're going with like a roasted peanut yes. butter like I don't want to say brands or names, but they often add sugar and hydrogenated fats. So if it just says dry roasted peanuts, you're good. Yeah, and so basically the moral of that story is whenever you see any packaged goods, read the label. Right. Look at the ingredients. Yes. I always do. Like, you know, when you're getting peanut butter, it should actually just say peanuts. Right. Right. You don't want to yes. have like 10, 20 ingredients. Right. We and, don't know what they are. And if there is a sauce that you're really like the taste of, at least the sugar shouldn't be in the number three of ingredients, like the top three. Yes, exactly. Right. So it's not like if I make a salad dressing, I might add a little bit of maple syrup to make it taste on your own. Yes. But and then you're actually controlling how much sugar goes in and it's a less modified yes. type of sugar. So I don't know, maybe not everybody knows or realizes this, but when when you look at ingredients on a package, 
it is listed in order of um, quantity, quantity yes. right? So the number one ingredient is um, the most in, in quantity, yes, right? Exactly. So that's why you said, oh, gee, mm-hmm. if sugar's in the top three, well, you know there's a heck of a lot of sugar in it, right? And to reiterate from another um, post that we're going to be talking about, which is actually sugar, yep. we yep. will be talking then about how much All sugar we should sugar. actually really be having in a day but that's going to go beyond to what we're talking about today so check that out right it's just important to note that carbohydrates in their complex forms whether or not they're packaged and refined they all break down to glucose which is sugar and we need glucose to survive yeah we need it for our brain our organs our tissues mm-hmm. thinking moving it's important but what's important more important is how quickly these foods break down to sugar so that we can kind of keep our pancreases nice and healthy and quiet rather than blasting out insulin. Yeah. And, and we'll that, talk more about yeah, that absolutely. in another episode. And, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, most of us have and consume way more sugar than we need to, and then it can have deleterious effects. So again, we'll speak to right. that another we, time. But we think that if, if we're not eating cakes and pies and desserts and cookies, Um, and potato chips that were good and so I find that the biggest issue is that perhaps people are not eating those but they're eating breads and pastas and sometimes not even in the white refined form yes and then they go through you know transitions either they're having a hard time you know managing their cholesterol um, but what they don't recognize is that the triglycerides which is like three sugars bound to a fat is what's contributing to that high uh, cholesterol and mm-hmm. then LDL and HDL those are protein molecules that carry your, your cholesterol you can you drive up the bad cholesterol they're so-called bad cholesterol because they both have a role you drive those up when you are eating sugary foods so making that change rather than focusing on low fat is a huge improvement you will see a huge totally. improvement in your lipid panels your cholesterol so just one last thing before we wrap it up and um there's also a confusion because there's people that see naturopathic doctors, there's people that see Chinese medicine practitioners, and one of the big concerns or confusion is you know, uh, raw food versus cooked warm food, mm. right? So in Chinese yes. medicine, we say you know, in a form that is more absorbable will be best. So hence, we like people to drink warm and versus icy cold. Uh, so that we can assimilate and digest better and it helps the digestive function. Hence, we also like and prefer more cooked foods. Yes. However, with the smoothie, which is a pretty new thing, right. it's, it's pre-digested. Cold. It is pre-digested, so easier to break down. So it's down. easier to break down, but, but we don't want it cold. No, and often patients will get loose stool or diarrhea when they're eating the cold smoothie. So it is a helpful tool to get you know nutrition in, like you know you throw in some spinach and avocados and almond milk and a healthy yes. whey protein or a vegan protein if that upsets your stomach into that mix and you're getting your calcium if you're adding almond milk. But you, you know, it's not a must. No. You know, it's, it's something that you can do if you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle and you're trying to fit food into your eating window, for example. But I love that you say that because I always, around, especially around this time of year, fall, advocate for soups and stews. Warm. It's easier to break yes. down, especially if people have digestive concerns. But in general, as, an, as to incorporate in like the, the, the soups and stews because you get more nutrients yes. that way. Yeah. Raw, I actually had one patient who came in and had chronic diarrhea for a couple of years because he was eating only, only raw, raw food. And yes. I felt so bad. He spent, you know, money to see me, but I said, 
we're not doing anything except we're going to stop eating raw and cook your yeah, foods. Exactly. And he came back and said, I came back paying you again just to let you know you were right. <laughs> and I was like, You're so sweet. Thank I you. I and, and then his digestion was so much better. And then he yeah. found balance, you know, so a little bit of raw, mostly cooked. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's concludes the nutrition portion for today. Yes. Now we have to end off with what with, filled with, your cup today. Right. What filled my cup today was interviewing because we did this is the second uh, podcast that we're doing because we like to be efficient with our time um, interviewing somebody very inspirational uh, partner and just seeing how she transformed her life and brought in more than just the physical nutrition and exercise um, into her life to help heal her acne she had like a whole emotional spiritual transformation yes. just inspired me just to like interview her and just see how connected she is to herself and the life around her right absolutely mm. love that so and what filled your cup today or in general maybe recently something that well you know what what filled my cup today is actually having the time to do some yoga before shooting oh, nice. this morning and i thankfully have a sunroom that has me have exposure to some air mm. and it's a nice day Thank you for joining us. Click subscribe, like, and share. Please comment and suggest topics you want us to cover. Until next time, ask yourself how you're going to embrace you first today. For more podcasts, check out embraceyoufirst.com. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.